All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Thanks to all of you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. A lot of news we're going to get to today. You know, when you finally get to see Joe Sippy Cup, um, and he's asked this question, and I'm sitting there, and it's like 1-1,000, one, 2-1,000, one, 3-1,000. You know, 10 seconds go by. Let me just play this. And and this this lame, pathetic, ridiculous excuse that this I don't I don't want to have a competition about who does better at the press conference. That's not it. Joe Biden, this has been a disaster. You know, Boris Johnson having to say, Joe, I just introduced the president of South Africa. Yeah, pay keep up, Joe. Everybody mocking him, everybody laughing at it. Of course the world loves a weak America. They want America to foot the bill for NATO. They want America to foot the bill for the Paris Climate Accords. So why wouldn't they want the old America full of weakness and appeasement back? They love it. It costs them less money. And and to get laughed at the way his fellow G7 members did is, is, is frankly embarrassing. I can only imagine what Erdogan is doing in that meeting with Joe Biden. We're never going to get the truth. Now, usually after a summit... Yet both parties go to the podium. They hold a joint press conference. Joe Biden's not going to do that with Vladimir. And the lame excuse is, well, I don't want this to be a competition. Who does better at the press conference? That's not it at all. Because whatever Joe's going to say to you, the American people, post-Vladimir summit, um, has already been written regardless of what is actually going to happen in that room. You know, Joe Biden allowed his secretary of state to get dressed down in Anchorage, Alaska, by the communist Chinese over, of all things, uh, human rights. And they sat there and they took it. I mean, it's it's humiliating on a level I can't even begin to explain. And so, you know, one embarrassment after another, 90 seconds, he screws up Syria and, and Libya and confuses them three separate times. The incident with with Boris Johnson. Then you've got the Putin question. You know, you said he's a killer. You're still saying he's a killer. Let's just listen. Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? (laughs) Answer the first question. (laughs) I'm laughing, too. They actually, I... Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that uh, uh, the answer is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. No wonder he constantly says, yeah, my staff won't let me answer any questions. I have to go back and get my warm milky and my sippy cup. I mean, they won't let him. What do you mean they won't let him? Joe, what do you mean they won't let you? Uh, Are they president or are you president? But the reality is everybody around him knows the truth. And so does the entire world. The only people playing this game are big tech and your corrupt media mob that protected him as a candidate and then now protecting him as president. You know, this, this guy is weak and frail and he's a cognitive mess and he can barely get through this. You know, he gets lost and Joe Biden is is out there finding him in the wrong cafeteria uh, at an at another point. Somebody, we love you, Joe, turns around. 
Joe, focus, focus, Joe, focus. I mean, I mean what is this? It's like a teacher in, in, in a classroom with a, with a kid with ADHD. I, I mean, what's going on? He's not there. And, by, and everybody sees it. But nobody in the media will talk about it. You know, ch- questions for Joe, you know, turn up. By the way, he's two and a half hours late to his NATO press conference. This is what thing infuriates me. You go back four years ago. Donald Trump shows up at the G7 and Donald Trump rocks their world. We're paying for everything and you countries won't pay your fair share. That's got that's going to end. And, and think about it this way. What is NATO? What is the NATO alliance about? Why is Turkey even still involved in the NATO envi- uh, 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 NATO alliance anyway? They have no business. They offer no logistical support anytime we'd ever need them. So what's the point? But more importantly, we're paying the freight. Him saying America's back means America is now willing to once again pay all the bills. We'll pay for the Paris Climate Accords that will refer to India and China as developing nations. We're going to pay for NATO. What's NATO there? Who are they protecting against? In large part, geo, geographically, on top of everything else, against Russia, the hostile regime of Vladimir Putin. So meanwhile, we're going to pay the larger amount for NATO, the larger amount for the Paris Climate Accords. And in the meantime, our European allies, Western European allies, they're now doing deals, multi-billion dollar energy deals with Vladimir and getting closer to Russia. And we're paying all the money, all the freight to protect Europe from Russia. How does that make any sense at all? None of it makes any sense. And that's the difference between a strong leader, a president that's standing up for America first, and Joe that stands for America last in all things. Yeah, we're going to lead the world in stupidity and give up, you know, the, the, the lifeblood of the world's economy and then be beholden to countries that hate us that'll, that'll rack up prices, jack them up as high as they can possibly get them up. And we're all paying more for everything on every level. Joe Biden was supposed to start his NATO press conference yesterday at 6.50 Brussels time. He was late, and he wasn't like 15 or 30 minutes late. He was two and a half hours late, apparently out of commission. What happened? The White House isn't saying, was he jet lagged? Was he tired? Did he fall asleep? Was he too groggy? Was he incoherent? You know, did you, did you need to get a little Adderall caffeine into the guys to, to get him up to speed? Throw a bucket of ice in his, you know, in his bath or something to wake him up? What the hell happened? The leader of the free world goes missing a full 150 minutes yesterday, and the White House won't even attempt to explain why. And, you know, just just one of the many questions that we all have. Um, You know, none of this is good for the the world. None of this is good for the country. All this does is embolden America's enemies, and it's going to get worse. Look, one irony out of all this, Biden says Ukraine needs to clean up its corruption. (laughs) Really, Joe? Clean up its corruption. Is it corrupt, Joe, that zero experience hunter made millions? Any 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 background, any any expertise in energy, oil, gas? No, no, no. Any energy with Ukraine? No. Why did they pick you to give you millions? I don't know. Maybe because your dad's the vice president in charge of Ukraine? Probably. And the same would go for Kazakhstan. And the same would go for China. And the same would go for Russia. 
Now the one question nobody will ever dare ask, I guess, besides us, is that, oh, is it is it possible that all the monies that Hunter made while Joe was president uh, with these countries that the crackhead son at the time uh, perhaps was spied on and they have compromising materials on him? Could be possible. Just an idea. Just a thought. And that means that Joe's not in any position to do anything. Biden's major political norm rips into uh, Republicans overseas. You know, okay, you know, Biden slamming Republicans. Media ignores his attack against Republicans. And, you know, the Republican Party and the rise of nationalist faith. Why is he trashing America on foreign soil, first of all? Well, we're back to the Apologize for America tour. You know, it's um, it's just scary. And the thing that nobody really has touched on, you know, here's tough guy Joe calling Putin a murderer, now calls him a worthy adversary. Because Joe's afraid of Vladimir, and Vladimir knows it. And then Joe, you know, Vladimir throws out this, okay, you give us, we'll, we'll hand over people that are committing cyber crimes against America when you hand over Americans doing the same thing to us and we can have a prisoner swap. That's a great idea until Joe's staff gets involved. No, Joe, don't say it. Oh, don't talk, Joe. Be quiet. Stick to the script. They didn't anticipate that question. But Joe's going to go. The reason he can't go out there is he's not going to do all of the things that he says that he when he comes out. I confronted Vladimir over A, B, C, D and E. I guarantee you it didn't happen. Because Joe's not capable of it. Now, there might be other people in the room that do it for him, but that's to be seen. You know, he's bright, he's tough, a, uh, a worthy adversary. What happened to the killer? A murderer. Why don't you call him for what he is? You know, the great irony is this false narrative perception. Putin's puppet, Donald Trump. No, it wasn't Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the guy that was tough on Putin. Just like he was tough on China. Nobody had ever stood up to China the way Donald Trump did. And, you know, you weren't delivering, you know, cargo planes of cash to the Iranian mullahs either. And what did he give North Korea? Time. That's it. Time. And was able to forge a relationship with Kim Jong-un. Ah, so we don't have a, a nuclear exchange. Not a bad idea. Was it worth it? Yeah. Did he give up anything? No. Did he pay for anything? No. They met. They talked. That was it. Which it's better for everybody. I don't have a problem with somebody from a position of strength talking. I do have a problem with somebody from a position of of weakness. I mean, he laughs and he shuts down for ten seconds when asked about Vladimir Putin. I don't get it. How do you confuse Libya and Syria three times in less than ninety seconds? You know this this chaos, these brain freezes in the middle of a press conference. It's humiliating. By nearly a two-to-one margin, voters disagree with Biden's claim that China that climate change is America's greatest national security threat. Who's the one-third that does believe it? Because they're pretty stupid. Not that smart. You know, there's a Jonathan uh, Tobin writing in the New York Post, bumbling Biden's G7 NATO summit performance only boosts uh, your, our foes in Europe. It's been smiles and cheers for Joe and his first foreign tour rolling out foreign policy focused on China. For the most part, European leaders, they're, they're just playing along and with the script. Sure, they're getting everything they want out of it. They're not getting challenged to pay. 
their fair share. And it's creating damaging controversies. And, you know, this agenda is not actually good for Europe and reaffirming traditional alliances. China is a big problem. Nobody seems worldwide willing, except the only one that was willing was Donald Trump to confront China. They're avoiding the summit presser with joint presser with Putin because, you know, now they're saying, oh, well, it seemed that Putin got the better of Mr. Trump in Helsinki. That's not why. That never happened. Putin tells Biden, don't be mad at the mirror if you're ugly and accuses the U.S. of targeting Americans in a free speech attack. He's lecturing America before they even walk into the room. It's it's just a disaster. It's so bad for the country. I mean, it's so obvious. The media's not going to tell you the truth. You know, for the European Union to block the G7, even the condemnation of China for their slave labor, they wouldn't even attack that. That's how weak as an organization they are. There's nothing here that's good for the United States. That was when Donald Trump was there four years ago. And he told them that they've got to they've got to hold their own, pull their own weight here and pay their fair share. Uh, You know, I'm watching and reading all these stories about, you know, Biden's Putin prep, you know, meeting with people here and there. It it does trying to understand the former KGB uh, mindset. (laughs) It's it's like a joke. This isn't even funny. I don't think Putin's spending a lot of time prepping on Joe Biden except strategizing how we can embarrass him without doing a joint presser because Joe's not capable of handling it. And, you know, the only thing that anybody likes about what happened in, at the G7 is this, that that America's not standing up for America and that they like, that America's going to pay and that they like, because this this whole globalist idea that America's going to pay for all of this, you know, they're praising him. Because Joe's good for them, for their bottom lines, and no other reason. And Tom Cotton is right. NATO realizing China's a challenge. Yeah, that's hardly good enough in terms of dealing with the real threat that China represents today. And you've got NATO, a statement that is as soft as you could ever have on China. And the biggest concern of of everybody in the G7 ought to be China and Russia, Russia working with the Iranians in that unholy emerging alliance. But, he, you know, Joe's not capable of leading the G7. He's not capable of leading NATO into a position of strength. You know, and he's too busy criticizing Republican leadership. And, you know, the leadership of the Republican Party is fractured. Joe, your party's fractured. You, you, Nancy, Chuck, you can't even take on the squad because you're so afraid that they'll topple Nancy Pelosi and that, that Chucky will get a primary from AOC. It's it's just such a such a different time, and it's so sad. And the media will praise Joe Biden because they're all globalists, too. One united socialist utopia world that they all want, apparently. We'll continue. Imagine if... Uh, Vladimir Putin and Joe are meeting together in their little summit. And Joe has another brain fart like he had at the G7 and just goes dark, just just quiet. I mean, if you're Vladimir Putin and you're the Russians, what are you thinking at that moment? You know, because they look, we have to just admit a simple truth here. 
is these are enemy countries. They're hostile regimes. They're hostile to the U.S. And so they study American presidents. Anybody in intelligence will tell you they watch everything that we do. They monitor everything that's happening here. They study presidents. And and it's very obvious to me that they see exactly what we see with Joe Biden. And they saw something in Donald Trump they didn't want to mess with. They saw somebody that was unpredictable, that meant what he said, that would follow through, and that would fight like hell. That's what they saw. And there's and there is a actually there's a healthy respect for people that they view as, or deem as strong. There's a there's a healthy disrespect when they see people as weak. So you got that happening. New poll is out showing voters clearly, you know, concerned that inflation is out of control and they're blaming Biden for it, which he deserves. Um, Thirty nine percent saying he is responsible for inflation. Uh, and Republicans were the most likely group to blame Biden. But, you know, it's a divided country. That doesn't surprise anybody. But even independent voters, you know, they're, they're blaming Biden also for this inflation. Retail sales, uh, new numbers out today with the price of everything going through the roof. Consumers can't afford to buy as much as they did just a few months ago when Donald Trump was president. Anyway, the monthly sales retailers down 1.3% in May, according to the Census Bureau. Much of the decline in retail sales come from sectors and industries that had led the start of the recovery. And sales of building materials, garden equipment, that's down 5.9%. One of the reasons is what cost you $2,000 at this time last year for lumber is now costing you ten or 11000 And if you can even get the material... I was talking to a guy that's in the landscape and and pool business says, I I can't even build a pool if I wanted to build a pool because I can't get the material to build a pool. Said it's just it's it's not available. And when it is available, it's so cost prohibitive. The price of crude oil. Now, what did I say? Supply and demand crisscross dictate price, right? America becomes energy independent for the first time in 75 years under Donald Trump. All right. So we're paying $2 $2 a gallon for gasoline. Now we're paying at least on average $1.10, $1.15 more. In some places, a lot more. California, nearly $5 a gallon in some places. New York, over $4 a gallon in many places. And, you know, the national price of a gasoline is, is up 57% from when Joe Biden took office. National average gas continued to inch higher. Oil prices now are up to a record $71.50 a barrel, its highest price since October of 2018. And Brent crude oil, the international benchmark, topped 73 bucks a barrel. Okay, um, crude oil prices have been rising steadily. As of Monday, U.S. crude oil is about $23 a barrel more expensive than it was when Joe Biden took office. $23 a barrel more. So it makes sense that... And, and again, the ripple effect of that is not just you filling up your tank. It's also heating and cooling your home. And it's also everything you buy in every store that you shop at costs more because it costs more to get it there. Uh, another problem emerging in the new economy is 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 people have had it. They don't want to go back to the office and people are quitting their jobs. In part, they're incentivized in many cases by the 
the added unemployment benefits, et cetera. What's called a quit rate hit a record of 2.7% in April. Private workers quitting at a record 3.1%. And, you know, that's all, all part of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, job openings, turnover. People are just quitting. Wall Street Journal has a piece about this. You know, forget about going back to the office. People, they're not going back to the office. They're going to stay home and they're going to get their check. In April, the share of U.S. workers leaving jobs, 2.7%, uh, which is a massive jump, the highest level since 2000. And the shift by Americans into new jobs and careers, prompting employers to raise wages, offer promotions. That's also going to increase the price of goods and services that we all pay for. So all of this is going to have an impact that you're going to pay more. Now, remember, Joe's been claiming, you know, if you, you're not going to pay one more penny if you make... Under $400,000 a year. No, it's actually under $200,000 a year. It's $400,000 a year per couple. That's why they're pushing. You know, it actually is one of the most outrageous things that nobody will ever care about because you're not a billionaire. But, but you should care about one's privacy rights and the idea that, that pro-republic, publico, whatever it is, you know, was able to somehow get a hold of some of the wealthiest individuals in the country. They measured their net worth growth according to Forbes, which is usually an estimate. And then they compared the amount of money that they paid in taxes. Now, when you actually look at why, why do billionaires not pay that much money in taxes, there's actually a good reason for it that is legal. And what this is all about more than anything else is another way to confiscate people's monies. And Tom Swazi. Long Island congressman, dope that he is, is pushing this idea of a wealth tax. And that is that, oh, well, because they're not paying money in taxes. Well, if you buy money and if you buy stocks and you buy property and you invest in businesses and you don't sell your shares and you hold on to your property and you hold on to your businesses. So at any given time, you can get what you think that the property is worth, what you think the stock is worth. Okay, on a given day, a stock is worth X. On a given day, Y, it's worth another price. Or a property, you can get an appraisal. It's going to say that your property is worth X number of dollars. And then when you actually go to sell it, that's a whole different reality. Because maybe on paper, it's worth, you know, $100 million. But when you go to sell it, maybe you can only sell it for 60 Because that's what the market will bear. You just don't know. So it's an estimate. But they want to take the higher estimate. Then they want to go in and say, okay, money that you would pay taxes on down the road when you sell your stock, when you sell your property, when or, or whatever investment that you have, that's when you pay the taxes that the government set up in their system. See, they want as many bites at, at the apple as possible. You know, that's why, okay, so you, you pay taxes on income. The income comes in or you get capital gains. You pay capital gains. But that's money usually that's already been taxed, the money that you're actually able to keep. Then you put that money at risk. And if you're successful and you make a profit, stocks, property, whatever, then they want another piece, another bite at the apple. And then when you die, they want another bite at the apple. Now, in the interim, they want a fourth bite at the apple, which would be, well, we're going to estimate what your wealth is. And depending if we define your net worth as rich, we're going to take, you know, millions and millions of dollars away i mean it's really scary to be honest with you um by the way this this issue of of shortage of workers is real in denver 
They have a lifeguard shortage that has led to shorter pool hours and closing down of pools because you don't have anybody to watch people. U.S. Chamber CEO Suzanne Clark calls the worker shortage just tragic. Gas prices jump again as crude oil hits the highest price in nearly three years, and that's nationwide. Half of pandemic unemployment money from the past year we find out now has been stolen. The bulk of it is in foreign hands, according to a report. How does that make you feel? $400 billion in unemployment claims were likely stolen via fraud over the past year. Bulk of the money has come from crime syndicates in China, Russia, and Nigeria. wonder if Joe is going to bring that up with Vladimir. Now, Americans, one indication that they're worried about their finances, they're keeping their cars longer as vehicle age now has hit 12 years and cars are remaining in service longer. Now, you could argue it's the quality of the car and the way that it's built, but as they stay on longer, auto manufacturers, you know, they're not selling new cars. And the price of older cars, used cars now, are up about 30% nationwide on top of the lumber being up, on top of everything that you... You buy in every store being up. I mean, all, none of this is good for anybody. All of this is just bad economics. And, you know, and I'm telling you, you're going to pay attention. Watch now that Joe, you know, everybody in, at, at the G7 loves Joe because Joe's going to pay for everything. And he's not going to challenge countries to pay their fair share. Joe gives Vladimir the waiver to build his pipeline so he can provide the lifeblood of our Western European allies the energy they need to run their their businesses and keep their lights on. Okay, that makes them more dependent on Russia. That draws them closer to Russia. And meanwhile, we end up putting the, the, the burden and the bill for the NATO alliance, which supposedly in part was designed to protect Western European countries from Russia. Does that make any sense? Making Putin rich again and making Russia rich again. No, it doesn't make sense. You know, anybody paying attention to the Chinese nuclear plant that leaked leaking near 126 million people and that it's it's a possible disaster. According to initial reports, a French nuclear company announcing that they are supporting efforts to resolve this, quote, performance issue of this nuclear power plant in China. It's in a heavy, heavily populated area, raising concerns about radiation leaks and nuclear leak and uh, the China, you know, the Chinese now going to shut the world out again. You know, we're trying to now assess the damage at this nuclear power facility in in China. China didn't let the world in with the Wuhan virus, which is another sore point. By the way, I give I got to give credit to what's his name, uh, John Stewart. John Stewart said, "Yeah, this is not a conspiracy." Now, John Stewart, I guess he was on Colbert last night. You know, does a funny Biden is Dana Carvey. He was on last night. I saw it online. Anyway, so John Stewart said, yeah, the Wuhan lab leak theory is real. And how could it not be? Now we have video of bats inside the Wuhan uh, virology lab. We knew that they studied coronaviruses. We knew that they were involved in, in gain of function research. All of this was known. But the media united defined it as a conspiracy theory. If John Stewart said this a year ago, he would have been called a conspiracy theorist. I, think I don't know what's happening. We owe with John a great Stewart. debt of gratitude to science. Science 
has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean by Do you mean like well, so this, perhaps a, this, there's a chance that this was created in a lab, there's an investigation? A chance? Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they ask those scientists, they're like, how did this... So wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. Mm. And you're like, no, I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, look at the name, can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. I mean, it's just hilarious. That was very funny. It's obvious. We have video of live bats in the Wuhan lab. These wet markets is a conspiracy. Th- it's a debunked conspiracy theory. Cleveland Clinic coronavirus survivors show lasting immunity against the virus. Uh, I guess that crazy old Rand Paul was right. Can you believe it? Uh, all right. We got a lot of ground to cover. 800-941-SHOW. By the way, we're going to take a look at what's happening in California. Caitlin Jenner. California has a chance with this recall. But Gavin Newsom is about to write a check to over 60% of the population of California. Um, hmm. That doesn't sound that ethical to me. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, our numbers are 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, so we're watching what's going on out in California. Um, California has the highest state income taxes in the entire country, although New York is now putting forth proposals hoping to beat California as the number one, you know, most taxed state in the entire country, which they might actually pull off at some point. But right now, California is number one. Uh, you have all of these issues involving Gavin Newsom. So the recall should take place sometime in the early fall. And in California, the way the system works is that the first question voters will be asked is, do you vote to recall uh, Gavin Newsom? And it's yes or no. Now, if you vote yes, you want to recall him. Well, then you move to question two. Question two is a list of people that you would like to replace Gavin Newsom as governor. One of those names, as a matter of fact, the most prominent, most recognizable name so far on the ballot is Caitlyn Jenner, gubernatorial candidate for the state of California. And she she's here with us to talk about her vision. Uh, welcome back to the program. It's been a long time since you've been on radio. How are you? I am doing fine, considering I'm running as a what I call an inclusive Republican in the bluest of blue states. But you know what? I'm a disruptor. We got it. We got to change what's happening. We are losing this state faster. I mean, under Gavin Newsom's uh, reign, faster than you can imagine. Sean, 18,000 companies have left. People have left. We've lost a congressional seat because there's less people living in this state. I mean, the list goes on and on. 
And now we're coming up today, Sean, and give you an update on what's happening in California. Today, we're supposed to reopen the state, but it's kind of a fake reopening. Um, A few months back, when it was just rumored that I was going to put together a group to take a run for governor, the next day, it was all over the media, the next day, Gavin Newsom has a press conference that says, the state is going to reopen on the 15th of June. Uh, Today is the 15th of June. Unfortunately, it's not really, it's more of a fake reopening. Um, OSHA, which is the or another bloated bureaucracy here in California, um, uh, decided that they were going to advise Gavin Newsom not to uh, re- uh, uh, get rid of the state of emergency in the state, giving Gavin Newsom as much power as he needs to reopen the state. Honestly, right now, um, the state is not really reopening. There are phases mass mandates that are going to be, you know, less, but still the state is not going to totally reopen. And him keeping the state of emergency in place, honestly, Sean, I'm wondering in the fall, is he going to, you know, cow, you know, go in with the teachers union and keep the schools closed? Well, you um, know, the, the schools week, in Florida. Yeah. Week, yeah. Yeah, the schools in Florida have been open now, in-person learning since August. That's almost a full year, 10 months now. Yeah, it is. And um, I wonder if he's going to do it because he is, you know, uh, so close and and, uh, with the teachers union. It is just, it's horrible. In fact, the biggest teachers union last week just uh, endorsed him. And But this is what we're dealing with in California. Um, Actually, next week, he says he's going to have a press conference and we're going to get vaccine passports. Isn't that exciting? Well, no, he's uh, let me let me play exactly what he said, because he's claiming they're not passports. He says, but they are electronic versions of vaccine cards that are coming to school. But it's not a passport. This is actually what he said at the press conference. We'll be doing something that provides you the opportunity, we'll announce this later this week, to have an electronic version of your paper version of vaccination. It's not a passport, it's not a requirement, it's just the ability now to have an electronic version of that paper version. What I'm having a hard time understanding, didn't they tell everybody, Caitlin, that uh, if you get the vaccine that you're safe and that you're protected from people if if they choose not to get the vaccine you're not at risk if you get the vaccine that's isn't that what they told us because that's what i recall being told honestly um i I did it i got vaccinated about a month ago um and i did it one because honestly i was you know i travel a lot i'm around a lot of people i'm older it's just like for me, it was the smart thing to do. My mother, who's 95, got vaccinated, okay, after my mom got it, and she was fine. I thought, you know what? I'm going to be fine. Let's just do it. It's the right thing to do. I would advise people, you know, if they think they're vulnerable at all, get the vaccine, okay? It's your choice. But I also respect individual freedoms. Um, I don't want Gavin Newsom telling us we have to get vaccinated. That is your decision to make, your health records, your decision to make. 
Californians are smart. They know what's going on out there. No, I, I agree with you on the freedom part. I, look, a lot of people have tried to pressure me into telling people what they should do medically. I don't know anything about anybody's personal medical condition. I'm not a doctor. I, my, I urge people to take it seriously, uh, to do a lot of research, um, the three different vaccines. Uh, I urge them to talk to their doctor, doctors, medical professionals they trust. And based on what their right. own health background is, they've got to make a decision. But And that's between them and their doctor. It should be made privately. I don't think you need to tell everybody or shamed into telling everybody what your status is, which is ridiculous. Let me let me yeah. ask a broader question here, though. So I think the hardest challenge for the recall, you need 50 percent of voters in California on question one to vote Gavin out. I, I right. actually if the vote were held today, I would argue it's going to be close. But we now know that Very Gavin close. announced that he's giving checks to two thirds of the people that live in California, including illegal immigrants. Is that true? That is true. Um, yes, he's trying to buy the election. Um, it's just horrible to watch what's happening in this state. You know, the, we have the elites. What I'm going to do starting in about a week, week and a half, is I got a bus. I'm going to start going and talking to the people. I'm going to take three weeks. I'm going to travel all over the state, go to as many small towns and talk to the people. Um, that's going to be, I mean, it's the people of California that are going to change this thing, that are going to make a difference. We have to stop the socialist agenda over the last 30 years that's been going on in Sacramento, uh, thinking they control us. They're totally out of touch out there. I mean, I am for securing the wall in Southern California. When I become governor, first thing I'm going to do, you know what? We're spending billions right now, Sean, on a high-speed rail to absolutely nowhere, okay? We don't need high-speed rail. Let's take that money. Let's secure our borders. And Would you, would you get rid of California's sanctuary state status? I would do everything to try to get rid of sanctuary state status. Absolutely. I want a sanctuary state for small businesses. I want small businesses to come into our state because that's the backbone of our state, okay? Here's the deal. If you come into this state illegally, in fact, as you know, just, what, two weeks ago, the um, Supreme Court ruled 9-0. When was the last time you saw a unanimous decision in the Supreme Court? 9-0. That if you come into this country under the TAPS program, the Temporary Protected Status Program, and you're in this country and come into this country illegally, you cannot become a citizen. I agree with that 100 percent. And I'm glad the, uh, the, the court system is backing us on this. Now, on the other hand, if you're arrested in this state and you're here illegally, you're gone. Okay, out with the bad, in with the good. In California, we have, they say 2 million, but I guarantee you there's more than 2 million people that are in this state illegally, but have been here for years and years and years. They are the backbone of our economy. They do tremendous things. They're wonderful people. They should get protected status so they can stay in this country, in this uh, state. And that's real important to me. I mean, I have met so many that these are just wonderful people that have been such a great part of our of our heritage here of, um, and our economy that they need to stay. And we need to make sure that we protect them. But out with the bad, if you're here illegally, out with the bad. And uh, we got to we got to clean up our state. 
We have to finish the wall. We have to do what's right for California. I I look at the state, and this is an amazing thing. When I was out in California interviewing you, uh, as you had just made your announcement, and 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 it's right. and and we go back a long way. Um, I've known you for many, many years. Uh, one funny story. I, I like to tell the story. I don't know if you like to tell the story, but it was, you know, when you did that big interview with Diane Sawyer and right. and you, 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 you went into, you know, all the details about your personal life. And I was talking about it the next day on this radio program. And, and you called me off air. And <laughs> then you told me, I'll let you take the story from here. But I mean, I, I just remember I was dying laughing because you told me, yeah, you know what's shocked Diane Sawyer the most? And I'll let you take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was difficult, more difficult um, to come out as a Republican than it is to come out as being trans, <laughs> in, especially in this state. But you know what, John? I haven't gotten any backlash for that. Um, it's I'm, Honestly, that was a big concern. Uh, I thought, how are people going to treat me because I am part of the LGBT community. I am trans. But um, like last night, um, I was down in San Diego to, talking to, I don't know, three or four hundred uh, Republicans. And honestly, the issue never even came up. It was more like, I, I'm going to fight for this state. I want to do what's right for this state. Whether you're, you know, California's are very open-minded. Um, and the trans issue really has not come up. And uh, I honestly, I think that's a good thing. I think on a lot of these issues, we have so turned the corner. Um, and uh, by the way, when you get to this thing, I am not, for the state of California and the public schools, uh, want to teach critical race theory. Um, that is just, I want American history. And I want kids to grow up knowing that they are growing up in the greatest country in the world with freedoms you know, beyond any other country in the world and, and uh, teaching them to be racist at a young age in the public schools. To be honest with you, I'm going to fight for that thing. There's a similar phenomenon happening in other states like California, where I'm, I'm in New York, but, but I'm making plans to get out, right? Like so many other people. And But for the first time in California history, you told me a story when I was out there with you. For the first time in California history, they have they have now lost population. They had always gained population in terms of the last yeah. 10 years in the census, losing a congressional seat even. And, right. you know, you, you talked about many of your friends have just packed their bags and left and why they're leaving right. and why you refuse to leave and, and how you first were drawn to California, however many years ago. Yeah, I, I came here in 1973. Everything I owned in the backseat of a 1963 VW bug. I drove from Iowa where I just graduated from college. I came here. And I went, uh, I remember what the sign looked like when I entered California. I'd never been to California. I just knew it was the Golden State. This is like where dreams come true. And I moved to San Jose because there were great athletes that was living there. Four years later, so proud, brought the gold medal back to the United States, brought it back to California. And since then, I've watched this state just decline, decline, decline. Um, and it's it's not because of our natural resources. It's, they're not leaving because of the beaches. They're not leaving because of Yosemite. They're leaving for one reason and one reason only, and that is overbearing, overburdened, overtaxed, overregulated government. I talked to one of the heads of the CEO of one of the largest corporations that uh, has left the state, and I just asked him, why did you leave? 
And he said, you know what? It's just not a good place to do business anymore. That is a shame. It shouldn't be like that. It's all because of overreach of the government. And honestly, it has to stop. We have to take a more conservative approach. I am what I call an inclusive Republican. I've always been, and I'm proud to be on the Republican side, but um, why? Because of my economic values. I, I want a more friendly business environment. I realize as governor, I cannot just change taxes and lower taxes. That's a process. But I well, can't stop everything. It, yeah. Look, there's a lot yeah. lot to and get to. I don't want the, the only thing I would say to the people me. in California, and, and we have to wrap up the interview because I'm just running out of time, but is this is your chance to turn this state around. I mean, when it costs $2,500 to rent a U-Haul to leave California and go to Texas, but... If you're renting that same U-Haul and moving to California, it's like three or four hundred bucks. That tells you everything you yeah. need to know. And people are leaving for all the reasons that you're mentioning. But, Caitlin, we'll have you back again. Great to catch up, uh, as always. We're watching this very closely. Question one is going to be pivotal. And that is the people it, of California it, can recall yeah. him. Um, yeah. And we'll stay and in by, touch throughout the, the race. Way, yeah, yeah, and wrapping this thing up, now I'm in a Twitter war with Jimmy Kimball. Yeah, I, I, I know you that. would like that. Yeah, I, I, well, I had my own war way back in the day. So um, people should go to your uh, your Twitter account because it was pretty damn funny. Uh, anyway, Caitlin Jenner, thanks for watching this very closely. Appreciate you being with us. Okay. 800-941-SEAN, our number. 25 to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Man, so much to get to. So much to talk about. We're going to debut... Joe Sippy Cup. If you ever heard the song by Toby Keith, Red Solo Cup, Joe Pags will join us later in the program. We'll debut it. Uh, he cracks me up. You know what I love about, you know, when I make a request for a song, all I do is say, uh, what do you think about Toby Keith's Red Solo Cup and making it Joe Sippy Cup? And like, I, I'll write Linda. Linda writes Joe Pags, and Joe Pags has it the next day every time. I mean, he's amazing. And he's very good at it, and he's a great singer, and I think you're going to like this version, uh, which is a lot. Uh, and I like Toby Keith's version. It's actually a fun, fun, you know, it's it's like a college drinking song, if you really want to know what it is. This is a little different in Joe's case with a little warm milky. Um, Mike in Connecticut. Mike is apparently a fireman. Mike, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hey, how you doing, Sean? I'm good. Glad you called. Uh, red Solo Cup, you fill me <laughs> up. I'm I'm sorry. No, uh, no, well, I, you know, listen, everybody knows that song. It's like everybody can sing Sweet Caroline. Good times yeah, never seem so good, so good, so good. Absolutely. True American. Uh, no, I, um, I, I know you sometimes talk about uh, uh, the unions, especially the teacher unions, and I, I agree with you 100% that they're criminal. Um, but when you talk about, you know, especially uh, some of the bigger city unions like New York, New Jersey, they, they really give us a bad name. And, you know, when you see the unions are voting in certain directions when it comes to their PACs, the membership has no control over that. That's something that's completely funded outside of normal union dues. And I, I would uh, ask you to, to fish around on Facebook and see how many um, pro-Trump, pro-conservative pro, uh, uh, pages there are for union members that are against what most unions are doing. You know, it's it's really rough for rank and file union guys. Imagine, for example, you're in you're working in the energy sector, and your union supports you know sippy cup, 
and Sippy Cup now eliminates high-paying career jobs in the energy sector, moves America away from energy independence. I mean, these are very, very high-paying, skill-specific jobs that, that don't translate well oftentimes into other fields. And it's not that there aren't jobs available, but these jobs are paying people 100 150 200 grand a year this is real money this is a real profession a real career and now these guys with the stroke of a pen they're out of work and and i'm like okay why did your union support take your money and support joe biden i'd be pissed off families are killed and and you'll never get that that experience back because by the time it comes back around we're light years behind in in that that field yeah i mean it's 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 uh, just now, you're a fireman, and I, I'm guessing most firemen I know are conservative. Most cops I know are conservative. Most, um, most guys that I know that work in the energy sector are conservative. Right. But unfortunately, our voice isn't conservative. But yes, you're right. You're right. The majority are conservative, but the voice isn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, the bottom line for me, it's very simple. And that is that these unions need to need to stop wasting their rank and file dollars on people that don't support rank and file jobs. The best jobs yeah, president I, we've had in in the modern era has been Donald Trump. Trump absolutely. And, I, I've been on the job for almost 23 years. And um, listen, I'm not saying I, I would I would contribute to the to the pack. So that's that's the portion that uh, you voluntarily contribute to that goes to political action. Um, I would contribute to it if we voted on policy, but it's it's policy after uh, party. So they can they they go strictly party line, and then whatever in that party line is best for for the union. And it's it's horrendous. It does it hurts us every time. Listen, I'm just going to tell you something. Honestly, it's. Um... It, it does hurt you every single time. Now you've been in this business long enough. I mean, you have tenure. You you know you're locked in. Your pension's locked in. How many more years do you think you're going to serve as a fireman? Uh, um, well, I, I have to be. Uh, I've got four more till I hit medical, and then I'm I'm out. I'm I'm done. It's, so it's thirty love, years before you get job. full medical. No, I have to be fifty five. So I got it. Okay, so you went in young. Uh, actually, I went in late. I went in twenty nine, but. Um, yeah, so I have 26 years, and, and then uh, I, got, I, got, I have to get out of New England. I got you. But you know what? Think of it this way. Then you get to, you know, you're, you're young, you got all your medical, you got your pension, you're, you're good to go, and then you can pursue whatever other dreams you have in life. You're still young enough to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, but you know what, Sean? It's, it's an awesome job. You know, we do a great thing. Um, it can be far better than what it is, but it's just getting uglier and uglier every year. No, I get it. Um, I recently interviewed a fireman, and um, I'm, do- I'm doing a special for Fox Nation. I don't want to get too deep into it right now, but he was a fireman, and he had a floor collapse on him. 60% of his body, deep burns, right? And so he needed a face transplant, and I interviewed him after he successfully had it done. And it was such an incredible story, touching beyond words. I mean, you know, here's a, a, a handsome young man, and his, and his face was basically burned off. I mean, it, it just, and, and then he told the stories about how kids would see him and react and the emotional impact that has on them. 
I know we take it for granted that, okay, the firemen are going to run up the, the Twin Towers and when everyone else is running in the other direction, they'll run to save people's lives. And, and those guys going up that day, they, they probably had a good idea this may be the last day. We know they thought that because many of them left messages for loved ones before they went in because they knew it was that dangerous. And But you think about where would we be without firemen or paramedics or policemen? I know it's fashionable to bash the police. Who are you going to call, you know, when it's two in the morning and people break into your house and want to harm you and your family? Most people don't have, a, a lot of people don't have the means of protecting themselves. And the only line of defense they have is law enforcement. Um, it just is, I mean, these are incredible jobs and the great thing I know about firemen, policemen, teachers, th- those jobs in particular, physicians, nurses, these are people that they're not just professions. These are callings. And often people dreamed about doing these jobs since they were little. That's how much they, they love what they do. Like, like it sounds like you do. Anyway, yeah, Mike, you're a great American, my friend. God bless you. 800-941-SEAN. Jana is next. Alabama. Jana, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Um, You know, I I just, it's uh, difficult to comprehend daily the calamity that is President Biden. Um, It's it's like living in the Twilight Zone. Um, This man is an absolute embarrassment and it seems like uh the democrats are just uh bent on poisoning our country and uh making us weak on the global stage and just it's it's difficult to listen to every day you know it, it it's it is the twilight zone i mean i mean you think of this 10 second pause and biden is just out there I mean, it's so humiliating. Did you see that moment? Yeah. I mean, or, or see, yeah. you're, you're going to introduce the South African president? <laughs> I already did, Joe. Pay attention. Keep up. There Keep your no eyes words. open. Or, you know, Jill Biden saying, <clears throat> Joe, pay attention. I, I mean, this is so embarrassing. It's I, I can't even believe it. it. He is feeble-minded, and it, it's really scary. I mean, if, you know... It's just difficult to comprehend that he is the president of our nation. Um, He's not up to the job, and and I'm just calling it as I see it. He's not up to the job, and it's unfortunate, and and it's embarrassing, and he could say all he wants, America's back, America's back. Basically, that means America's going to pay for everything, and, and you guys all get a free ride. Why wouldn't they want Joe Biden in office? You know, Donald Trump right. went there four I mean, years ago and rocked their world and said, it's time for you to all start paying your fair share. And you know what? It would have been good if Joe kept that up because they need to pay their fair share. They don't pay their fair share. And we get stuck paying their bills. And, and not only are we paying for NATO and not only are we getting ripped off on trade deals. Now, the very allies that we're aligned with in NATO and protecting from Russia, mostly, um, they now are making Russia rich simultaneously by getting all of their exactly. energy from Vladimir Putin because Joe signed a waiver allowing it to happen. You can't make it up. It's so He's stupid. 
in their pocket. It's just the polar opposite of what was happening with Trump. It's like the, it's like the Twilight Zone. And uh, it's like watching some uh, twisted Mardi Gras parade where, you know, Biden's just throwing out programs and, and money to whoever. And, and it's like he's not even in reality. It's going to bottom out this country. It's not good. I'll tell you that, Chana. Thanks for the call. All right. A lot of big news breaking. By the way, at the top of the hour, Greg Jarrett and Adam Brandon will be uh, joining us. Uh, a lot to get to today, including, uh, yeah, let's see, a woman from North Korea telling us she goes to an Ivy League school. And guess what? There's more indoctrination here than North Korea. Not a good story. Anyway, we'll get to that coming up at the top of the hour. John, North Carolina, next Sean Hannity show. What's up, John? How are you? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? I'm good, sir. Glad you called. Uh, what I want to talk to you about is the job situation where people are not going to get jobs. This, this is the prime opportunity for kids or even older adults that look for a job and can only find a fast food job because that's the only place hiring. Now is the time for somebody to go out and get the job they want, not have to have, but they want. With the unemployment, with all these employers actually saying, hey, we need workers, at some point, the free money is going to disappear, and everybody's going to rush to get a job, and they're going to be back in the fast food mm-hmm. instead of saying, hey, you know, I could have worked over here uh, as a clerk at Walmart, or I could have got a job here. No, now is the time. If you, if you want to work, now is the time to work. And there <laughs> yeah. are a lot of jobs, a lot of professions. They're all looking for people. And the reason they can't fill these jobs often is because they're making more money staying home because of the extra benefits that are no longer needed. Look, for all intent and purposes here, we've got to we got to face this reality. COVID is over for those people that have decided to to get vaccinated. Those people with natural immunity, uh, Cleveland Clinic study that I referred to last week. It, it it's now we can start living again. And we were able to actually start living some time now, except most people just have been clinging to to the old, fearful, draconian shutdown model. That's gone. And we, there shouldn't be extra unemployment benefits at this point when we're given 500 million doses out for free to the rest of the world of the vaccine. They, you know, they successfully told people, here's your chance. If you want to fight back against Corona and you feel that you're vulnerable Okay, you got three choices. You got Moderna, you got Pfizer, you got J&J. Now, if people decide not to, that's up to them. But at this point, life has to go on here. Another thing is so many people have gotten so used to, you know, working from home. They don't, they don't want to go back in the office anymore. They'd rather, you know, start little businesses in their house, which I'm fine with, too. I've told my whole staff, you don't have to, I don't care if anybody comes in. As long as the work gets done, I don't care. But. And, and with my with people that work for me, everybody knows what their job is. They all do their job. And if they do it from home or if they do it in the office, I don't really care. I'm not a babysitter boss. I don't want to tell people every second of every day what they need to do. You know what your job is. Come in, do a good job. It's expected. And and, you know, you get you get hopefully a good good bonus at the end of the year. And a lot of these people are going to be 
the benefits are going to run out. There's going to be the rush, and then they're going to be back in the same boat that they were in a job they didn't like when they could have gotten a better job. Yeah, and I think it's a good admonition. And by the way, it's a good for people that want the opportunity. Now, now is the time. I agree completely. And, and I, but I got to roll here, my friend. Uh, John, good call. North Carolina, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Um, You know, now we see this battle, this pushback. States now, one after another, saying, no, we're not going along with critical race theory being taught in schools or, you know, the, the other institutional indoctrination of kids with values that contradict the values of parents. I mean, it's now a big problem. Woke curriculum, it's actually a real word. And it's getting worse than ever. And, and parents are, you know, stuck in a rock and a hard place because they're like, okay, what do I do as a parent? These are not my values. You know, we've told you about the Tuttle Twins books. I mean, they're great. And they have them from toddler to teenager. But uh, most people are just discovering it, even though millions have found it. So last night, we I told you the story about this yesterday. We had on Hannity, Yomi Park. Now, she is a North Korean defector, and she went to Columbia University. And when she came to the United States, she actually transferred from after she was able to get out of North Korea. She got into China, was unfortunately her and her mom got dragged into the the, the sex slave industry, and she was able to escape that, makes it to South Korea, is attending college, trying to advance her life, gets an opportunity to attend an Ivy League school, Columbia University, and she speaks in, in great specificity and detail about what she experienced at in in schools in America that shocked her. I mean, she literally she was born in North Korea, escaped at 13, sold into sex slavery in China, escaped after two years, went to school in South Korea, transfers to Colombia. And she says in in this interview that we had last night and she said to Fox News dot com that I expected I was paying this fortune all this time, all this energy to learn how to think. But they're forcing you to think the way they want you to think. She said in, an in, in this interview, I realized, wow, this is insane. I thought America was different, but I saw so many similarities to what I saw in North Korea. I really started worrying. And the similarities, including anti-Western sentiment, collective guilt, suffocating political correctness. During an orientation, she was she was scolded by a university staff member. She had the audacity to admit that she enjoyed classic literature like Jane Austen. English, she says, is my third language. I learned it as an adult. And I sometimes still say he or she by mistake. And now they're going to ask me to call them they. How, how do I incorporate this into my sentences? It was utter chaos, she said. It felt like the regression in civilization. She even said this, even North Korea is not this nuts. North Korea was pretty crazy, but not this crazy. Her words, not mine. Um, and it's just a sad story that we hear over and over and over again. I have a few cuts of her. Um, here she says to me last night that indoctrination was as bad as North Korea. And you think the indoctrination in the United States at our Ivy League institution, Columbia, is as bad or worse as the propaganda, anti-American hate that you heard in North Korea? So when I was in North Korea, first thing that I learned was that Americans were bastards. It was actually the one word. At school when I was attending, they told me, actually there's just math problems saying there are four American bastards, you killed two of them. Then how many American bastards left to, to kill? 
and as a child in North Korea, you have to say two American bastards. And when I came to America, I, like, I fell in love with this country. This is such a wonderful country. I've never been accepted more than this country was. And as, at Columbia University, literally every professor was saying that, you know, the problems that we have on today's world is because of white men. How they colonize Africa, they how colonize, I mean, Asia, right? That's how they mess up everything. And they are the one who's, who needs to be blamed. And I couldn't believe that, like, am I sitting in North Korea's classroom or in America, actually? I couldn't believe why people were hating their own people that much. Here to uh, discuss, debate, and, and how do we deal with all this, Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, host of his own uh, po- podcast now, The Brief. Adam Brandom is with us, FreedomWorks president. He wrote a book, A Republic, Not a Democracy, by the way, just out today. You know, Greg, you don't think it can happen here, but it's happening, and it's happening, and it's getting worse. And for somebody from North Korea with her, her tragic background and, and life that she lived, comes to America, reaches, you know, an Ivy League institution to make this type of commentary should scare the hell out of everybody. Yeah, I mean, she said uh, they're brainwashing students at Columbia University. She said you know, the first thing uh, you learn in class is safe space. Uh, every problem they explain to us, she said, is because of white men. You know, this is the woke culture, this is critical race theory, which is based on the fundamental premise of everybody should be judged by the color of their skin, which is anathema to the teachings, the dream of Dr. Martin Luther King. That's not what civil rights uh, progress uh, was achieved for. And these institutions are not teaching you how to think. They're teaching you what to think. And the what is what they think. And, you know, I'm very happy that my daughter recently uh, told Columbia University to take a hike. She was accepted into the master's program. She looked into Columbia and and realized, hey, there's something wrong going on there, indoctrination. And Yamoni Park's right. You know, in many ways, it's like North Korea, maybe worse. Well, I mean, it's that bad. Adam, your take on this. Well, again, I think this starts not in college, but it starts when people are young. I mean, unfortunately, this indoctrination is happening with our kids as early as kindergarten or even pre-kindergarten right now. The optimism that I see is this year I've seen a surge of people getting involved like I've never seen before. And people are realizing that school boards are elected positions and they are accountable to their voters. And I am seeing activists turning up at school board meetings unlike at any other time in my career and demanding that things like critical race theory gets removed. This is actually going to be one of the positive effects of COVID. Are people are realizing how much more they power they have in the classroom. So in the long run, I'm optimistic. I'm seeing people win on school board races, throwing critical race theory out. Just happened in Dallas. I'm seeing it happen across the country. Talk um, about critical it, it, race theory and explain in practicality what it is because and why why states and school districts are banning it left and right so in in the simplest forms most of us believe that the base theory behind america is this concept of liberty that the founding fathers laid out and it's a american history is an evolution of trying to make a more perfect union critical race theory says no racism is the founding u.s value and every single thing you look at goes back to race and racism 
So in that sense, if you're not going to be racist, it's not enough to be about chasing Martin Luther King's dream of judge me by my content. You have to be anti-racist. And who tells you how to be anti-racist? Well, these people pushing critical race theory. And it changes the way you instruct kids. And across the country, people, parents are saying enough is enough, and they're supporting new school boards that are ripping this out of the classroom. And if we don't do it, it'll be one of the most infectious diseases that infects our, our kids' minds. And your take on it, Greg Jarrett? I agree 100%. In fact, I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to reading Adam's book, uh, uh, not a, a Republic, Not a Democracy. It's incredibly relevant uh, in this day and age where the woke culture, if you do not conform, if you do not abide, uh, you will be uh, mocked, ridiculed, demeaned, you'll be banished, you'll be canceled, you'll be censored, you'll be punished. And, and that's you know, that's not what uh, schools and democracies are all about. This is a venue as a country, and our classrooms are a venue for the free exchange of ideas and information. However wrong they may be at times, however controversial they may be at times, but, you know, we're taught to express ourselves, we're taught to think, but that is now gone inside Americans' uh, classrooms, and, and it's got to change. It's it, well, if it doesn't, then, you know, what's the point? You know, the problem that we have when you dig a little deeper, um, Adam, is that most parents pay all this money in taxes. They don't have the spare income to send their kids to a private school. It's very expensive. Now, more and more people are are picking homeschooling as an option. Many other people are, are creating even their own education cooperatives where they they teach kids things that they're not going to learn in a public school. Um this is why Republicans, I think, should champion it at every corner school choice because parents love it. And and I think everybody, the only people that don't support it are teachers unions and Democrats because the Democrats want all the money that the teachers unions give them in every election cycle. And that's the only reason we pay more per capita per student than any other industrialized country becoming 40th in proficiency in reading and math. So the question now is, there really is no option because that money is going to be spent. It is already baked in, if you will, into property taxes, for example. And then the parents have no say, and then they don't have the option, the disposable income, to choose something else. So what else, what are they then to do as parents, short of, I guess, teaching kids themselves, which is impossible because you need to take off work? Yeah, well, that's true. Now, the good news is, is around the kitchen table in the evenings and on weekends, parents have another opportunity. Uh, but I, to the point, though, about in school, during COVID, I think you saw this revolution where people were almost scared of the teacher. The teacher controls the grade, and your kid needs that grade, so you don't want to rock the boat. But with this kind of pause that you had in in-school instruction, I think parents are a little bit more empowered to rock the boat and start getting a little bit more involved. Again, to me, this comes down to school boards. How many people are, have voted in their last school board election? How many people have ever attended a school board meeting? You don't need money to attend a school board meeting, and you certainly don't need money to go and vote in a school board election. But I think it's time, if you are concerned, those parents need to start binding together in those districts. And if about 30 or 20 of them show up, even, even five show up at a school board meeting, that has an impact. 
And that is, I think, the base of a revolution that's spreading across the country when it comes to educating our kids. It, it really is that bad. Uh, Greg Jarrett, I guess we're lucky because our kids are getting out of school now. So, right? It's better. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I, I guess that just means we're getting older. But you know what? It's changed a lot. I mean, I thought it was a big deal when one science teacher, my, my son's grammar school, wanted to show Earth in the balance. I'm like, uh, that's not a good idea. I'm not that interested in Earth in the balance because the guy that put that movie together is a nut. Um, yeah, the teacher wasn't that fond of me. I yeah, know. but I mean, this sort of stuff is creeping into classrooms everywhere, and and it's not just something that's that's incredibly new. I recall just a few years ago uh, when one of my daughters was in high school, um, the you know civics uh, teacher uh, teaching you know history and and, con- and they were covering contemporary elections, um, and you know there there was a big uh, stand up uh, of of Barack Obama. Uh, you know, in the classroom, uh, and and there was essentially no reference uh, to Donald Trump. There was a big cutout of Hillary Clinton. No reference to any Republican, and and so the indoctrination has been happening slowly but surely and progressing for several years. Yeah, it's getting bad. Victor is in New York. Victor, you're on the Sean Hannity show. Uh, I just want to talk about, you know, my my encounters with uh, with critical race theory in the classroom. Um, I'm a junior in high school, and recently uh, my teacher posted uh, some materials, some resources to our Google Classroom, in which books by Ibram X. Kendi, books like uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist, White Fragility, these were these were of the topics and resources pushed, and I I reached out to her and I I offered her um, an alternating viewpoint respectfully through email. And when I did that, I was I was met with hostility and, and told that, you know, that wasn't allowed and she was OK with what she posted. Um, I've always you know sought out to be respectful to anyone who I disagree with. Um, it's not in my nature to argue with anyone disrespectfully. So I very tried very politely tried to reach out to her and let her know that, you know, there's another side to this. And I, I was I was kind of shut down and it, it just kind of it's annoying because, you know, a lot of these students, they don't they don't have the resources to see the other side. And so they're being taught, you know, like you said, what to think, not how to think. So, I mean, do you notice it? Do you spot it in your class every day? A- absolutely. You know, I- I've had issues with this teacher, you know, over the course of over the course of the whole school year. And every time, you know, I've, I've tried to, you know, raise my hand, be respectful as possible. And, you know, every time, you know, there have been instances where I- I've been met with screaming and, and other other kids in the cra- other kids in the class will will pipe up and, and take my teacher's side and they'll actually gang up on me. And, you know, I've, I've, it's so it, you know, it's kind of frustrating to me because I, I, so, I seek out to be respectful and stuff like this and just offer another viewpoint uh, just so people have that option out there. But, you know, it never, it never gets through. Appreciate Listen, I'm glad that you, you know, once you see it and you hear it, it's that in and of itself is the antidote to it. And you don't really have to worry. And if you play the game and feedback the, and regurgitate back what they want you to say, that's fine, too, to get the grade you need to get to the next you know, level of whatever your dream happens to be. But it's sad that it is so institutionalized everywhere. Anyway, appreciate Absolutely. the call. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back.
exposing government waste and abuse of your liberties every day. Sean Hannity is on right now. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So I want to go back, and I mean, when you see it, it, I mean, it's just like, what is going on here? And that's Joe Biden being asked about Vladimir Putin. And in the middle of trying to give an answer, he just goes, he goes dark. It's like count one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. You know, it's 10 straight seconds of Joe saying nothing, not responding, just standing there in a fog. I mean, you know, you couple that with mixing up Syria, Libya three times in 90 seconds and telling Prime Minister uh, Boris Johnson that he needs to introduce the South African president that he just introduced in front of Joe. I mean, it's so embarrassing. The reason he's not holding a a joint presser with Putin is because they've already written what he's going to tell us after the meeting with Putin before they ever left Washington, D.C., and they don't want Putin to embarrass him and saying, we didn't talk about that. That's not at all what what I recall just happened. And, And Putin embarrassing him and eating his lunch for the whole world to see. And they come up with these lame excuses. But just just listen to this question and answer, you know, because it's it's actually scary. At You know, at times it's kind of funny. At other times, it's like this isn't really that funny when you think about the real world consequences of this. Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? (laughs) Answer the first question. (laughs) I'm laughing, too. They actually, I, well, look, I mean, he has made clear that, uh, uh, the answer is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was, uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. Now, remember, Joe is, it's obvious and we've run tapes, Joe in 2012, Joe in 2016, Joe today. And it's all these Jews, three self-evident, all men and women are created equal and doubt by the thing. Oh, you know the, the, the thing. We choose truth over facts. Like, okay. Super Thursday. And then those are just the hits. Come on, man. You on crack? Did you do cocaine before? You, you, you a junkie? I mean... Just bizarre stuff. And and even now, it's beginning to creep into late night comedy. I noticed that Colbert had on Jon Stewart and Dana Carvey last night. And Dana Carvey does a pretty dead on Joe Biden because it just constant digressing and, and stupidity and bumper stickers. It's like it's pretty bad. Anyway. So I started calling him Sippy Cup because you look at Joe's schedule. It's not very rigorous for a president. He usually has less than one item on average a day on his schedule. Starts at 930, likes to be up in the residence by seven and, you know, get his warm milky, his night night story and his Sippy Cup and go off to La La Land. But he's clearly being propped up. And I don't know why the Sippy Cup thing is just kind of taken off. And then I actually somebody on my staff ordered a sippy cup and I showed it with the presidential seal and everything. And uh, and everybody's like, I want to buy one. I'm like, I'm not in the business of selling sippy cups. So anyway, last night we were kind of messing around and the idea came up of what about a song to like Toby Keith does a really cool song, Red Solo Cup. It's a fun sort of college drinking bar party song. And just change the words around a little bit. And and except we'll call this one Joe Sippy Cup instead of Red Solo Cup. 
And that means, so we send it over last night or this morning to Joe Pags, and he gets it done in like less than two hours. Anyway, here's uh, Joe Pags' version. Two, one, two, three. Now, Joe's sippy cup is always in reach of him, his presidency marred by that strange empty grin. So many people were stunned when he got the win. He looks like he's lost his grasp. Hey, Joe's sippy cup, I'm not sure what they filled it with. He bumbles and stumbles like he might have drank a fifth. Moments he's lucid, passed on by in just a blip. The media can kiss my ass. Woo! Joe's sippy cup, liberals fill it up. Democrat Party is laughing hearty. They love you, Joseph B. Cup. He lifts you up. It's just malarkey, not being snarky. Now, Joe can't get through more than just one question. They say he's fine, but I'm just suggesting his fastball is poor and his curveball no curve no more. When he speaks, my mouth hits the floor. No clue where he is, and he thinks 10 might be 11. Over in Europe, just lost at this year's G7. Was wandering around, Jill had to reel him in. He could have roamed off to Berlin. Joseph Cup, Doc Jill fills it up. With his warm milky, his night-night pinky. He loves you, Joseph Cup. It is so messed up. But don't you worry, here's my nice stories. Now we've dealt with this for what, four months? The rest of the world leaving the U.S. in the dust. This guy is deteriorating faster than rust. Easy to see, old Joe's a bust. Joe's sippy cup is always close at hand. He loses his place more than an unrehearsed band. The mainstream media says that all he does is grand. It's almost like this was all planned. Joseph Cup, Vlad Putin's hopes are up. For him, this is fun. He thinks we are done. He loves you, Joseph Cup. Red China's hopes are up. No longer afraid, cause Hunter got paid. Hunter got paid. Anyway, the one and only Joe Pags. Okay, I just, I just don't know how you do this like this. All these years I've known you, all these years we've been friends, and and you have this talent I never knew of. And you must have, what, did you turn this thing around in an hour? I promise you, I was, I was on the computer last night floating around, and I get an email, and it says parody request. And, yeah. and I get that from my listeners a lot, and I didn't, uh, I didn't even look at it for a little while. Then I looked at it again, and it said it was from Linda. I said, oh, crap, well, let me see what she wants. And, uh, and she sent me a YouTube link to the Red Solar. Why, why does Linda get special treatment? She doesn't deserve special treatment. <laughs> anyway, go well, ahead. I mean, well, she, she said, you know, Sean and I were talking about this, and he's wondering if you might be able to, to, to do something. And by 2 o'clock in the morning, I sent her the first version, and, and it seemed to go over pretty well. I had a great time doing it, man. I'm honored that you asked me, truly. You know, I mean, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I mean, watching it is so cringeworthy and painful. And there's a part of me that's saying, we are so, you know, screwed. I mean, you know, Adam Schiff keeps hitting the fan every day with this guy. And he doesn't know what day it is. And it's so obvious they're propping him up. And the media, they're only slight little love taps now 
occasionally we're getting from late night comedians, you know, as they, they got to find something other than Donald Trump every second of every day. And that's going to go away soon because they're going to be told, stop it. You know, our mutual friend, Dr. Ben Carson, was on my show and he said, Joe, listen, we would laugh at it. But this, he believes, is abuse. They think that he thinks and he's a neurosurgeon. He would know that his staff and his family are abusing this guy. Now, you and I disagree with his politics, Sean. So we're not that mad that he's failing. But at the same time, this is hard to watch. You know, and but there's a worse part of this. When I when I really think about it, I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, he's going to meet with Vladimir Putin. You right. Know, he's meeting with Erdogan today. He's going to meet with President Xi probably at some point. And right. I doubt Kim Jong-un would even waste his time with this guy. And the Iranian mullahs are salivating. And you can see geopolitically, strategically now, China's on the move. Russia's on the move. Iran is on the move. North Korea doesn't care what Joe Biden thinks. And right. it's sort of like, and then he lives in this, this bubble, protected. First as a candidate, the candidate protection program. Now it's as, as president, the presidential you know, protection program. I mean, are there, are there any running odds when, when Kamala might be sworn in? Well, think about it. I mean, they're so scared that somebody said, how are the meetings going in Cornwall? And Jill Biden shot like out of a cannon to grab him by the arm and, and you know, scurry him away. You can't ask him, how, how's your day going? Because they're afraid of what he might say. And Sean, how many times has President Joe Biden now said on a microphone, I'll get in trouble if I answer that question? Yeah, what he the hell is he that all about? He looks scared of me. I mean, he, 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 Joe's afraid of his own staff? Does, it, has, has anyone told Sippy Cup that he's the president? That he gets to decide if he wants to take questions. But the reality is he can't take questions. The reality right. is he's not up to, he cannot do a, a joint presser with Vladimir Putin. And they just lie to us about it. I'm with you. Uh, and, and Putin actually, so what did he say about a month ago? He said, let's do a live debate. Let's do it live on the internet. Let's, let's yeah. do it with me. And they completely rejected that immediately. Yeah, and then Vladimir says, I like to do it before the weekend, meaning you don't have any time to prepare, Joe, and I know you can't do it. And I hope you're feeling better. Now, what was that in reference to, Joe? Uh, To me, it was pretty obvious that Putin is saying, yeah, we know you're a mess. Don't worry. We figured it out. No, and, and this is everybody was emboldened in the past four months. Before this, they were all in check, Sean. Every single one was afraid because they knew that Trump was on his game. And it wasn't going to take their garbage. Well, all true. Joe Pags, great job. We're going to put it up on Hannity.com so everybody you, can get a hold of it. We'll link it to Joe Pags' website, which is Mr. Pags, sir. JoePags.com. J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. You got to love our, our friend uh, A.J. from Houston, Texas. Man, awesome. I, th- I think he's your biggest <laughs> fan on earth. He is. Uh, A.J. is amazing. I guarantee he's calling every Monday. And if he gets mad, he's going to call again on Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, Joe Pags, we love you, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Love you back, Sean. Thanks. 800-941-SEAN. Want to be a part of the program? Uh, Let us say hi to Jeff is in Oklahoma. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Sean? I'm good, sir. Glad you called. Yeah, I'm actually a refugee from California, now in Oklahoma. So just Good for you. Smart move. You're saving money. Oh, yeah. Thousands and maybe $20,000 of sun fuel alone. Anyway, one of the big pet peeves I have, and and I love debating the Democrats on this, and and I never hear it really exemplified this much. Well, basically, the naivety of the Democrats is the thing on oil. Most people think oil is just made for automobiles or oil for your engines. But what people don't, I'll get Democrats up and I'll say, if you could wave a magic wand today, and you could wave it and get rid of all the fossil fuel oil, get rid of everything, and you could do it. And would you do it and deal with the consequences? And I have quite a few of them actually say yes. 
So I said, okay, you ready? Could wave your wand and have a pretend wand. And they wave it. And I said, okay, you got to give me your sunglasses. Your sunglasses are made of plastic. Um, you got to rid of your computers at your house. Your women, you know, by the way, you go home, your wife might be, you have no clothes on because what most women's clothes are made out of that. Your vacuums, your computers, your keyboards, your coffee pots. And I said, oh, by the way, you know, Joe Biden wants to build solar panels as an alternative to it. I said, you know, it takes three quarters of a barrel of oil to make a solar panel. And, how about, and the batteries, all your battery casings, your inside, your batteries made from oil. It's plastics. Um, your blades on big uh, fans, the uh, big uh, windmill fans that froze up back in Texas this year, uh, those are carbon fiber. Guess where those come from? Oil. I asked, I said, do you, do you ever go camping? They go, yeah. And I said, yeah, what do you use to cook with? They go, propane. I said, where do you think that comes from? And I love the expression. They say, oil. <laughs> and they're just dead on their face. <laughs> That's not the answer. It's, like, it's classic. But when you start saying, hey, do you get your COVID shot? And they go, yeah. I say, well, what do you think the syringes are made out of? They're made from oil, plastics. I said, you know, your soda bottles, your most your hand tools, your nail, pol- nail polish. How about AOC? She has a lot of makeup on everyday lipstick. No more of that. That's all oil-based. How about the paint on your house? We used to have lead-based paints. Now it's now it's oil-based paint. No more of that. I actually think they, they're now paint. latex. I think it's now mostly water-based paint at this point. You can't even get yeah, yeah. good oil-based paint like you used to. Yeah, but. Yeah. And, they, and they want to make all these electric cars. Well, how are you going to make those? Because all your insides of your dashboard, your interiors are all made of plastics. I, I mold stuff out of plastic every day. And you, you can't do it. Um, and all my price went up on them 60% here just recently. Um, but all the stuff, your bug sprays, helmets, makeups, everything. If you look around, your garbage cans, you dump your garbage and everything, your pill bottles, your soda bottles. Your, I mean, it's a major 6,000. It's such a good point you make, because we don't think about all of this all the time. No. We don't, most people, it frustrates me. You know, it's like if, if most people think that, like, where does all the food in the grocery store come from? I'm like. Yeah. Uh, farmers, the guys that do the hard work every day, and yep. you know they've they've mastered farming at a level that nobody ever dreamed possible, and they feed the yeah. entire world, and they do a great you job at it. They maximize production, and then in California, they'll protect a little delta yeah. smelt over the farmer's right to to, oh, yeah. to raise his crops, and it's not even an endangered fish or species. But it's such a good point where things come from. And what's really, anyway. really funny is when I'm in these phone with these guys, I always say, hey, you know, so we're going to end up being the Flintstones with rock rock tires and bears <laughs> yeah, I know. down the road. Oh, and on a, on a By the way, road, and, and we're, we're not going to live in real houses anymore either. Anyway, I got to roll, no, though, though. Can't. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. 800-941-SEAN. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, okay, Biden, why is the media protecting him? They ignore his gaffes. Uh, also, what do foreign leaders think of Biden? Joe Concha, Dan Hoffman is on tonight. Uh, what would Mike Pompeo do? I think I have a pretty good idea, but we'll ask him. Uh, more credibility to the Wuhan lab issue that the leak happened at that lab. It's obvious. Now we have a video of bats there. Ron DeSantis is on tonight. Marsha Blackburn, much more. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Set Your DVR, Fox News. We'll see you tonight. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. Thank you. Thank you.